0: Welcome back to Sideline to Sideline. This is episode number 10. We are officially back. I'm joined by the best hair in podcasting, <laughs> Travis Wells. I'm your other co host, Jason Daly. Rav, how are you?
1: Doing good, man. It's uh, great to be back. How was uh, the Betty Ford Clinic? You already sound better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it's been, been a rough uh, few weeks, but, uh, you know, had to get some things straightened out. So uh, good right. to go.
1: Natural George Josh Gordon.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Except uh unlike Josh Gordon, I'll actually uh live to see another day uh, in the hobby. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. In the tip off this week, we wanted to lead off with the Blockbuster trade, you would say, in the NBA. The Phoenix Suns trade Eric Bledsoe to the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee gives up Greg Monroe, Greg Monroe, a 20 a, a 2018 first-round pick and a 2018 second-round pick, both of which are protected. I'm not quite sure what the protections are on those, but they give up 2018 first-round, second-round, and Greg Monroe for Eric Bledsoe. Um, Rav, what are your, what are your thoughts uh, about this trade?
1: Is it Monroe or Monroe? I always thought it was president Monroe, but I guess it is Monroe, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I pronounce it Monroe, but I'm sure that it's, uh, for those Yankees out there listening to the show, it's Monroe.
1: Gotcha. All right. No, I think it's, um, Phoenix is the weirdest roster in the NBA. It's confusing. I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, it's a bunch of miscellaneous parts that, look cool in your mind. It's like a fantasy team without any talent, except for Devin Booker. Um, so they needed to make a move anyway to, to see what they got in Uless, to see what they got in uh, Mike James. And I think Mike James is a journeyman, but this is about Eric Bledsoe. And I think for the Bucks, it's a, it's a smart trade. Um, gets him a point guard. They've never really had a point guard. Um, Brogdon's more of a combo guard anyway. Um, he might be better suited as a 6 or off the bench, but Bledsoe gives you... Uh, defensively they should be one of the best teams in the league. I mean you got Giannis, you got Middleton, you got Brogdon, and then you got Bloodso can all play D. Is Tony Snell still on that roster?
0: Snell is on the roster and he starts.
1: Oh there you go. See so I don't know, I just feel like perimeter wise, it should be great. Um, and John Henson, if he could do anything, it's block shots. So mm-hmm. defensively you feel like they're at least in a better place than they were last week. I mean, Greg Monroe has never played defense in his life
0: <laughs> I definitely agree on that uh fact with you that if there's any one thing they definitely Im- improved on it's defense um it's it's gonna be interesting um you know obviously with Bledsoe being in phoenix he was he sort of had to i guess change his game in a way so he had to go from being kind of both a a two way player um you know in in LA he was probably one of the better defensive guards in the league and mm-hmm. then and when he went to Phoenix you know he had to increase his offensive role for that team and so his defense yeah. kind of took a step back a little bit but um so now kind of going the opposite direction where the offensive burden is not going to be in theory as much on him with Guys like Shouldn't Middleton because yeah. Giannis is the point guard and he's averaging 30 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got, you know, Middleton who lights it up typically. And then Tony Snell, who's a three and D guy, um, you know, Jabari and, can uh, score in a pose. Yeah. Jabari, when he comes back um, and, and has a knee, hopefully he can score. And then they, <laughs> I, th- I think, I think they were, they were starting Thon Maker there for a while, but Jason Kidd's rotations are very erratic. Um, Naturally yeah but I'm like pretty he's sure. driving <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they were starting Thon for a little bit who it was is maybe the only well no they have Mirza Toledovich, but he's the probably that Don is probably the only center on that roster who can step out and hit a shot but um yeah it's, 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 it's a real, also
1: the only guy on the roster over thirty
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is I wonder yeah uh, he's he, he's probably from uh, Sudan. Well, I'm sure he is from actually probably from Sudan, (laughs) but he's probably 45. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Blood Diamond. Um, Yeah,
1: he's he's great in Captain Phillips.
0: (laughs) Oh, him and Leo were, him and Leo DiCaprio were really great in that movie. Um, God, I forgot about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I think it's a really fascinating trade. Um, You know, Blood. So it'll be, I think, the first time in his career, I guess, that he's really been a key piece on a playoff contender. So I'm um, yeah. really, I'm really interested to see what, what he does for that team. And, um, you know, I, I think that Milwaukee definitely takes a step forward, but where does that, where do you think that put the trade puts them in terms of, you know, Boston, Cleveland, um, where, where do you think they fall in the hierarchy now in the East?
1: So hard to say, I want to see what Jason Kidd does with him because Bledsoe talked a lot about how when he was in L.A., Chris Paul taught him a lot about being a point guard, not just um, a mm-hmm. scorer or, or a defender, actually how to play the game. Jason Kidd obviously can impart some of that wisdom onto him too, which, which I think is good for him. And I think you'll see that by the first of the year kind of starting to click in because he's had, what, like two practices in a game with him right now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to see where it goes. But, you know, I think Milwaukee was already – top, probably like top five team in the East. Um, I'd still put Boston ahead of them. And and even though Kyrie's a little banged up right now, but Boston just plays so good. They're so complimentary. The roster really compliments each player. Well, Um, I guess third, I mean, I know Cleveland's struggling right now, but you got to think they'll figure it out at some point. It's still playoff LeBron and I can't discount playoff LeBron until he doesn't make the finals. Mm -hmm. So, to me, the third. Um, yeah, There's a lot of fake teams in the East right now. We just don't know what's happening. And, again, it's early, but, like, if the Wizards are 7-5. and five, Are they really 7-5? and five? Um, You know,
0: you mean, what, what about are the, the Magic, Magic doing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. say, well. so you mean the Magic aren't going to be the one seed? Yeah, it's like, what are the Magic
1: doing right now? I mean, Aaron Gordon's shooting 60% from three. Like, how long is that going to last?
0: Oh, he's going to lead the league all year.
1: But, yeah, I mean, if, I mean, you know. The Greek Freaks playing like an MVP candidate, so if he keeps that up, it's hard to imagine they're not the one of the top three teams in the East.
0: Would you say that uh, in the next seven to 14 days, you and I both try to play with Milwaukee on 2K?
1: I'd say I would take the under.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've already been thinking about it, I'm not going to lie, so uh, they definitely <laughs> become a very intriguing team. He's trying to dunk on everybody. Around the association this week, we wanted to uh, dive into a pretty lengthy article from the Ringer that really a summary of the first two weeks in the league, and uh, they've called it "Questions and Answers: The Book of NBA Revelation." So there's a lot of interesting notes here uh, in this article, and we kind of wanted to just run through those real quick and, and give some of our quick hit thoughts. Um, so let me let me start. They they start with Ben Simmons stating that Ben Simmons is better than we ever hoped, Rav. Um and and uh, Simmons actually took took the lead on this one. And he says three things about Ben Simmons. He says one, does his game make more sense in the pros than college? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two, is, is he one of those feed-off-everyone-else playmakers who becomes noticeably better than, with better teammates who mm-hmm. understand what he's doing? And he says, good God, yes. <laughs> and th- three, could you call him either a unicorn or, re- or an evolutionary version of someone who already worked? Hell yes. He's a young Lamar Odom, but better. <laughs> so uh, really – you know i gotta give you credit you you called ben simmons as rookie of the year earlier my dog earlier when we were doing our preseason um picks for the nba uh i yeah, definitely how's your guy <laughs> um well, let's just not talk <laughs> about it uh i definitely uh shit the bed with picking markel faults so good for me uh typical but uh what do you what do you think about ben simmons real quick in in the early uh, part of the season here what he's been able to do
1: can we can we stop comparing him to Lamar Odom? First of all, Lamar Odom could shoot coming out of college. Ben mm-hmm. Simmons can't shoot. Um, just because he's left-handed and black doesn't make him Lamar Odom. Um, also, as yes. far as I know, Ben Simmons doesn't love Coke or strippers. Uh, maybe strippers, but definitely not Coke. So <laughs> let's calm down. Um, he's more like a left-handed Jason Kidd. When Jason Kidd came out of Cal, his jump shot was not reliable at all, although it was better than Ben Simmons is now. But point being, he had the same type of court vision, Um, same type of rebounding capabilities, and Jason Kidd made everybody better um, around him. But, yeah, Ben Simmons has been incredible. I'm not sure if he's better than we imagined. That's what I expected him to be like in college. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I kind of throw his college out because he's playing at LSU with Johnny Jones, and I'm not sure Michael Jordan would have been Michael Jordan with Johnny Jones. So it's not really (laughs) – I don't really (laughs) – I don't know. I'm not surprised. I guess in a way, that's why I drafted him so early on on our fantasy league because I couldn't wait to get him. I think I drafted him like two rounds above what he was normally picked. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, maybe I just have blind confidence in him, but I mean, he's the real deal. They finally
0: got somebody. They did. It's funny you say that about drafting him too early in the fantasy draft. Uh, Simmons, Bill, Bill Simmons said that uh, there's a reason Lamar Odom always went three rounds too early in every fantasy draft. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, you're that guy. Yeah, I am that guy. <laughs> I think that uh, Simmons is a very unique player. Um, i, I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised by his early output and the things that he has been able to do already. Um, I thought he would be a good player, and but I didn't think he would be – able to do what he does so consistently. I mean, every night the dude is triple-doubling, borderline triple-doubling, and, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Um, They know he he, can't shoot. They know he likes to go left, and he does it anyway. Exactly. (laughs) He does it anyway. Uh, So I think that's pretty incredible. Um, I think he's, I mean, unless something really changes uh, the trajectory, and the rest of the rookies in the league, you know, injury or something like that, I think he's definitely going to be the rookie of the year. So, yeah. Uh, so you can, you can buy me lunch for correctly picking that. Um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the next little tidbit here is uh, Kyrie Irving is too woke for TV. So <laughs> first of all, first of all, what, is this like one of these new words that the kids are saying these days? Woke? Oh yeah. Like, okay. All right. Well, good to know. I just, I'm it trying is- to stay
1: up. It means aware,
0: okay. Well, we could just say aware, but that's not cool, I guess. So, it's not cool. Um, so <laughs> a couple of things about Kyrie. Number one, Kyrie's an idiot. Um, <laughs> number two, he I'm just I don't know, man. I'm dumbfounded by a guy who somehow got into Duke University who thinks that who I, I don't think he's joking. I think he seriously believes oh, I agree. That, the earth, that the earth is flat. And uh, I guess he had some kind of other comment recently about uh, what is a Neil Armstrong, which is dumbfounding <laughs> he, that the guy doesn't know who Neil Armstrong is. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I could have swore that you learned that in high school, but probably even earlier than that. But anyway, Ky- Kyrie, he's an idiot.
1: Yeah, he's stupid. In-
0: absolute imbecile. Um, Should we keep going? <laughs> Well, I
1: mean, he just said that there's no pictures of the Earth that show it being round. It's like, read a fucking book.
0: Uh, well, you can there get on are. Twitter. You can yeah. get on th- – I follow an astronaut on Twitter who is was in the space station for a year, and I, he's there's a million pictures on there of the Earth.
1: So theoretically, um, if you don't think the Earth is, is round and you see an eclipse, then what's your theory there that the, that the, or the moon is flat too? I mean, honestly, <laughs> like it has to go both ways. You can't see one and not understand the other.
0: Yes, the Earth is on a pl- the Earth is a plane and the Moon is a plane, meaning it, on a plane. They're they're two flat planes and they just happen to mirror each. Yeah, just <laughs> so stupid. And we're worried about um,
1: Derek Rose cheating on his on his ACT.
0: Yeah, how d how do you think he got into Duke? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> next tidbit here is Lori Markkinen is good. I can't believe so, it. <laughs> me either. I got. So Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer uh, said that he gave the Bulls an F plus after drafting Lori. <laughs> I did F-plus. too. I did too. <laughs> hey, yeah, I did too. I thought it was terrible. Uh, after after drafting Lori Markkinen, Um he says he's been hearing about it all all season so <laughs> far. So, um, he confesses that Lori Markkinen has been terrific, and if it weren't for Ben Simmons, Markkinen would be Rookie of the Year so far. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think everybody knew that he could shoot the ball well um, mm-hmm. you know he could shoot he could shoot threes, he could shoot mid range um pull ups everything like that, but I think the guy has been rebounding at a higher clip than anyone expected, so he's he's rebounding nine nine point three rebounds per game um and i th- I think that he's his defensive rebound rate is like ridiculous it sounds um,
1: stupid yeah i forgot what
0: it was yeah so he's he's been a pleasant surprise um, they have, <laughs> kevin o'connor upgrades his projections for marketing and says that his player comparisons and, and their draft guide were dirk Nowitzki, ryan anderson and channing fry and he said it's clear that he's going to be better than fry and and, and ryan anderson is a low end outcome so um, they're they're yeah. shooting they're shooting for him to be more along the lines of dirk so uh, what, what do you think about your guy, Laurie Martin?
1: <laughs> I started to realize I was wrong when he was playing in like this FIBA U, U twenty two or U twenty tournament, and he was taking dudes off the dribble and dunking on guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Where was this in college? Like, I'd never seen anything that would make me think that he could do that mm-hmm. um,
0: at all." Well, you bring up an interesting point. So I feel I feel a little bit better about. Uh, the cats and cow, because you know how we talk about these guys get to the league and they start doing shit that they never did. That's true in college, like Carl Anthony Towns shooting threes all the time. Bam, out of bio, you know
1: in he can summer, play basketball in
0: the, in the summer league, being able to now play basketball, uh, things like that. Uh, you know, Lori Markinen Now we see it with him, and it's interesting that these guys get to the league, and, uh, even Ben Simmons. But it's interesting that the game, I guess, is so much different yeah in college than it is in NBA that guys skill sets get hidden to mm-hmm. an extent. Like it's just I don't know, it's crazy
1: to think yeah. about
0: that and that it happens so often with so many good guys. And so
1: fast. It's yeah. And and the games are different too. It's like and even the like you know, you talk about European basketball so different than NBA basketball. And not just the mm-hmm. rules where there's goaltending or whatever, but, like, the way they move the ball, the way they see the game. Like, a lot of these European guys, we always talk about how the best passers in the league <clears throat> are more often than not either European or grew up playing with European people. Um, so you see, like, it's like the NBA, That it's like the court is, the court's the same size, but it's like it's bigger. There's so much more spacing. So much individual talent is placed on on you on both sides of the ball. And it seems like in college, the ga- the I don't know if it's the rules or just the style of play. It seems to shrink it. And and that's got to be part of it. And then to me, the, uh, I guess the flip side or the more obvious side is of course you're going to be better when you're a pro. Cause it's all you do. Like you go to the gym and you go home, yeah. you go to the gym, you go home. Like of course you're working on your skill set. You're more specialized. You got people that probably are better at coaching individual things than necessarily college guys are. I mean, honestly, or maybe it's just a mental thing. maybe, you know, you're sitting at practice and Sean Miller's trying to tell you to make a move and you're like, okay. And you go to the pro and this guy worked with Dirk for 10 years and you just, you buy in. Maybe, maybe that's part of it too. I don't know, but I
0: don't know. It's yeah, those are say. all fair points. Yeah. Those are all fair points, especially, you know, it is their job to get better. So, um, at that point in their career, um, the next, <laughs> the next, uh, tidbit here is I guess Danny Ainge knew what he was doing after all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, when when Ainge uh, traded out of the first overall pick, which projected to be Markel Fultz, everybody kind of thought he was a little bit crazy, uh, which now doesn't look so crazy after all, uh, because Fultz uh, has really, really, really not looked good in the early part of the season here. So um, then he missed out on a possible, possible move for Paul George and Jimmy Butler only to land Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving in free agency, Um, which obviously Hayward got hurt in the first game of the season. But if he had not gotten hurt, there's no telling um, what the conversation would be like for them right now. And they're still, even without Hayward, Boston is still um, – They're best. Right. They're arguably the best team in the league, probably definitely the best team in the East as of right now. And Danny Ainge looks like a genius yet again.
1: Yeah. Do you think – okay, so if he only traded out of that spot because he knew about Fultz's shoulder, that must tell you his shoulder is really fucked up. It had to have been more than that, right? It had to have been like a personality thing too, right?
0: I think so. I think it was – I honestly take it as he wasn't sold on him as a player. So – yeah. You know, maybe the shoulder maybe the shoulder was there, but I honestly think now looking back that he saw him in his workout or whatever and he was just like, uh, ah, I'm not sold on this guy's number one pick. So, I mean, it definitely seems that way now. Maybe it really is just his shoulder, but I think it had partially something to do with talent as well.
1: It can't just be a shoulder. Yeah, it's gotta be all yeah. of it.
0: I think so too. Um next topic here, the Wolves are clutch. Um, so, <laughs> uh, they uh, apparently, so let's just go through this here. This is interesting. Um, the Wolves last season were very bad in uh, clutch situations. So they were 28th in offensive rating. Um, <laughs> they were so bad that uh, they point out that no, no lead felt safe and no first half performance felt valid. So, uh, this season, the Wolves are now up to six in the offensive rating, um, and <laughs> they are led <laughs> crazily um, by <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, who is tied for first and clutch points scored, which is probably wow. a stat which blows my mind. Um, So it's just – a turnaround from 28 to six in offensive efficiency or offensive rating from last season. So I guess, and really they added Jimmy Butler and I guess Jeff Teague. Um, but Wiggins has been the biggest kind of growth for them so far in the early point this season. Um, do you have any thoughts on the Wolves? Do Do we need to
1: staff for everything? Thanks for telling me that Andrew Wiggins averages the most bags of peanuts <laughs> on the fucking airplane. Like, let's, let's go. <laughs>
0: Um, that really blows my I gotta I'm not I gotta be honest. That really blows my mind that clutch points scored is a stat in the NBA.
1: Whatever. I stand behind my theory that Andrew Wiggins is just a more efficient Rudy Gay. But um they have hit some big shots uh down the uh down the stretch here. It helps too when you got towns and Butler can get to the line whenever he wants and you know, he's got other guys around him that can score and Jeff Teague's really not a bad point guard. He's a quality pro. I mean, they didn't have that last year. I don't know if it's a Rubio, but at the end of the game, I'm not guarding Rubio. Please, please beat me with a jump shot. Ricky Rubio.
0: I'm, I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anyone else. <laughs> um, next here is front man, Blake Griffin. Every time I hear the word front man, I hope, I think <laughs> a, band, a band? band name is coming after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> front man, Blake Griffin is the Blake that was promised. So Blake Griffin, uh, his game has, uh, evolved quite a bit, uh, here at the start of the season. So, um, he's definitely leading the clippers he's the uh he's the focal point for them now griffin is taking 5.3 three point attempts per game more than double what he averaged last season for attempts and he's hitting 43.2% from three point range to this point and he's made at least two three pointers in each <laughs> game that they've played so far so um that's amazing, um, and that's scary as well. Uh, that yeah. that Blake is uh, adding that to his game. So it's true. Any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on Blake? We talked about game.
1: We've talked about how he's how good of a passer he is before. So it's nice mm-hmm. to see an offense actually run through him for once. The Clippers are kind of fun, which really mm-hmm. speaks to the unlikability of Chris Paul. So <laughs> I didn't realize how like much I hated him Chris until he Paul. left.
0: Agreed. I do not like the Chris Paul, um, yeah. but I don't. I don't mind Blake. Some people yeah. don't like Blake. I really don't mind Blake. No, he um, he's
1: fun on two K. Um, by the way, I am at least shooting five threes a game with him on two K. On that fantasy draft <laughs> I did, um, he's fantastic. Um, he does oh, a little I about that. He does a little bit of stand up. He's actually not too bad, um, which
0: is stand up comedy.
1: Yeah, he's not terrible. Um, He's no Louis C.K., but he's also not jerking off in front of women. So
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, I hope he's not Louis C.K. Yeah,
1: K. give or take. <laughs> uh, the,
0: the Spurs are human after all, so the Spurs got off to a four zero start. Uh, the Spurs is an organization that are actually on a run of eighteen consecutive fifty win seasons. They've been without <laughs> Kyrie here for a, they've been without Kyrie here for a little Who? while, and it's exposed. Uh oh my God. <laughs> Kawhi <laughs> Gosh damn it. You're you're rubbing off on me. They've been without Kawhi freaking Leonard here for a little while. Uh and it's proved that there's a little chink in the armor of uh, Greg Popovich's magic here. So <laughs> uh the Spurs are twenty eighth in uh three point percentage, I believe, or mm. at least the number of three pointers. Shot. Um, They're ranked twenty seventh in offense in the league, and their defense defensive rating has slipped down to twelfth in the league. So uh, it just has gone to show that Kawhi is uh, with life without Kawhi is uh, not good for the Spurs, and uh, that there truly is uh, maybe not just a next man up um, in in San Antonio.
1: There's well, in his defense, there's not another next man up. I mean. His success has been predicated off having an all-star, and yep. all of them are old, and one, the one he has left is hurt. So there's no really other talent on that roster. I mean, Aldridge is okay, but I mean he's going to get you buckets, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. What else do you have though on that roster? You don't have much um,
0: at all. You don't. You've got a bunch of guys who. You know, they're role players or they're old. Yeah. I mean, we'll get, we'll get Manu, we'll get Danny Green, we'll get Patty Mills, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, the role players are The role old.
0: players, correct. Uh, shout out here to Wesley D. Uh, Kevin Pritchard is still the god I always believed him to be. So <laughs> when Kevin Pritchard was the general manager of the Blazers, when they were trying to reboot, uh, he – landed Greg Oden, Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Nicholas Batum in three years. Um, and then now we're, uh, we're into, uh, we're less than 10 games and into the season here, but um, what seemed to be one of the most lopsided off season trades in recent memory, meaning Paul George for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis, um, doesn't look so bad after all. It actually looks like a pretty good trade. So we uh, what are your thoughts on that on that trade now, and and what Kevin Pritchard is doing in uh, in Janana?
1: In Janana, um, they're actually pretty fun to watch. Uh, Victor was clearly held back by Russ, but that's not saying anything mm-hmm. surprising. Um, I guess it's hard yeah. to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a ball dominant guy, and that's just the way it is. But they're they're pretty fun. Um, as much as I hate Darren Collison, he's they're kind of he's so fast. I guess it makes sense to know what they're doing on the break and. He's not bad defensively, but Sabonis has been surprising. He can rebound. He can shoot. I didn't see that coming. I mean, he did it in college, but he did nothing last season that would make you think he was worth a shit. But um, the idea of comparing – or comparing – of putting him with Turner at the five, him at the four, Mm -hmm. Old Depot at the two. It's not a bad young core. Um, And. You know, this isn't the old NBA where you had to have an elite point guard to win. I think you can get by with a decent point guard, and you can find one that will be serviceable. Um, I don't know. I mean, they they need a superstar. Don't get me wrong, and maybe Miles Turner will be that one day. But they're they're a fun little team to watch. Who saw that coming.
0: I agree. Uh, I do like their I do like their squad, and uh, I do I do like the trade now. So Kevin Kevin Pritchard has made me a believer. Uh, Depot is. I actually, I, you know, I hated Depot in college, and I. Yep. I but I, now, now I love Depot and the way his game has evolved. And um, Sabonis has been a really been a surprise. So
1: speaking of IU, they got cocked thudled by Indiana State at home. Stay hot, Archie Miller.
0: No way. They I lost. By see that <laughs> they lost by like like double digits to Indiana State. Oh, yeah, good for it couldn't happen to a better bunch of guys. No,
1: I couldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Kimba Walker is the new Mike Conley. connolly has been un- yeah, I know. Conley has been called underrated for so long that it's become a cliche. Uh so they're saying that Walker has kind of become the new uh you know guy who's always um underrated. So this year, Kimba Walker is averaging 24.6 points on 48% shooting from the field and 42% shooting from 3, all of which are career highs. His 26.6 PER is 11th best in the NBA, and the Hornets outscore opponents by 14.7 points per 100 possessions when he is on the court. Hmm. Um, so what do you think about Kimba? Uh, Kimba kind of, uh, I guess, he, he is in his prime technically, so uh, what do you think about Kim, Kimber? What's his, What's his clutch rating? That's all I'm worried about now. How many how many clutch points per game is he scoring? That's what I, I needed the answer. What is
1: a clutch point? Like into the shot clock? Into I like,
0: never we talking I, about anymore. I have no idea. Um, I couldn't even begin to to figure that out.
1: Can we can we call him the new Mike Connolly? Because he made the All Star team last year. Mike Connolly's never made an All Star roster. Um, Correct. Also, Mike Connolly is thirty, and it's really looking like he's thirty. He's starting to hit the point guard wall. But um, yeah, Kimba hmm. is. Um, Kim was kind of fun. He's got like, that New York thing. loves to do the step back. He's got a little swag in his game. Can't blame him. He, he's one of those guys, when he walks out there, he thinks he's the best player on the court. And, you know, when you're a team like Charlotte in a small market, you probably need that. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the guy. I don't think he's – it's still hard for me to say he's better than Connelly. And when Connolly was in his prime. There's something about Mike Connolly yeah. I always like. I don't know what it is. I just feel like Mike Connolly would – he could carry the team on his back and bring you through a wall. And I feel like Kimba can get you 60, but you still might lose. Like he's like a, yeah, a poor man's Kyrie.
0: Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. That's all a fair assessment. Uh, The, the last here, last little bit here is uh, the wizard's core has yet to evolve. Uh, A squad of young starlets made it to game seven in the last year's Eastern conference semifinals Uh, and the expectations for the Wizards were raised when they brought back all of their key uh, players, meaning John Wall, Brad Bill, and Otto Porter Jr. But currently, uh, the Wizards are tied for sixth place in the East, and that is thanks in large part to their inability to finish games. John Wall has missed uh, missed 10 of his last 11 shots against the Lakers on October 25th, for example. Uh, then he missed the last-second game-time three-pointer and a loss to the Warriors on the 27th. And Washington also blew a 22-point lead uh, against the Suns, eventually losing. Um, so now they have a combined $403 million tied up in Brad Bill, Otto Porter, and Wall. And uh, that should, uh, should be able to do more with that than barely scraping around 500. So what do you think about the Wizards so far?
1: Well, they're like seven and five, and you just named three games that could have bent the other direction mm-hmm. easily. So then they'd be ten and two, and we'd be talking about how they did evolve. So mm-hmm. I think it. I think we should pump the brakes for ten games into the season. Um, and um, I thought a starlet was a girl. Is that not right?
0: Um, you know, me too. But uh, you know, these guys get paid to do this, so we're just You're right. we're just, we're, just <laughs> we're conscientious objectors. You're
1: right. I don't. Their issue isn't those three. Their issue is that they play a, a dinosaur at center, and I couldn't tell you who the fuck plays the four. They were running Mike <laughs> Scott out there
0: the other day. I mean, like, it's a Mike they've Scott. Been, they've been playing Markeith Morris at the four, I think, the past couple games.
1: Is he the good one? I don't even know. He,
0: Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was the good one. He was the one in, who was in Phoenix, and he had a meltdown. And it seems like everybody in Phoenix has a meltdown. He had a meltdown. Bledsoe has a meltdown. I don't know what it is out there. Yeah.
1: So the night's career I ended mean, there.
0: I guess it is a hundred I guess it is a hundred damn degrees so
1: was, um, uh, was you that told me that the Morris Twins had the same tattoos or did I dream that
0: I think you're dreaming that but I mean that makes I'm, sense
1: I'm telling you it's real we need to look that up
0: <laughs> let's get that let's work that in the opening <laughs> segment next week okay um <laughs> We're going to open up the college corner this week by discussing another ball getting uh, into some hot water. Um just... God,
1: you sound like a hack writer?
0: <laughs> I'm trying. I was I was reaching for something. I just couldn't find it. Couldn't get hold of it. Uh, you
1: couldn't grab anyway. the ball.
0: <laughs> I couldn't. Gra- <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. Couldn't hang onto the ball there. Drop the ball. Um. So, Leangelo Ball, which who the hell knows which ball we're talking about at this point? Uh, <laughs> Leangelo Ball, who is a freshman at UCLA this year, and uh, Jesus, what's the guy? Lonzo? Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. That's the one. That's the one that plays for the Lakers, right? Lonzo yeah. <laughs> Ball's brother, Leangelo, uh, currently is a freshman at UCLA. UCLA was on a trip to China. China. They were they, they were uh, staying at a Chinese luxury hotel where they were allegedly arrested this past week for shoplifting sunglasses from a Louis Vuitton store in Hangzhou. And
1: uh, <laughs> please pronounce more you... Chinese cities.
0: <laughs> oh man, thank you for thank you Dynasty Warriors for helping me pronounce these Chinese cities. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, LiAngelo Ball was arrested along with four-star recruits Cody Riley and Jalen Hill. Uh, they were – the alleged incident occurred while the rest of the UCLA team uh, proceeded as scheduled to Shanghai to play Georgia Tech at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time Friday. Um, So how in the hell were they on their own shoplifting if the rest of the team was on the way to play a game?
1: Great question. Don't know. Maybe the sun was out. And they're like, hey, we need some Louis Vuitton sunglasses.
0: Uh, so I think where it stands now is, uh, well, what happens next is unclear, but I, I believe that I've seen a couple of different reports and I think that th- the three players are currently on house arrest to their hotel room in China for 20 or 30 days. I cannot remember. So, um, that's hot. yeah. What do you, what do you got to say about this, 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 uh, trio of geniuses? Um, first
1: of all, Leangelo drives a Ferrari, so you're telling me he couldn't buy those? Just a thought.
0: <laughs> How can he afford a Ferrari? What is, I mean, I, I
1: guess know. Lonzo bought it or his dad bought it for him. I don't know. Unbelievable. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I read on the internet, so it's probably true. Uh, <clears throat> my hope is that they don't get extradited and they, they spend three years in jail there. It'll be hilarious. Um, it would. Just because I don't like LeVar, it's really bad to wish on LiAngelo, but oh. His name means um, the angel. <laughs> Clearly, that didn't work out. So, um, speaking of Chinese basketball, uh, do you know who the league leader in points is in Chinese basketball right now?
0: Hang on, hang on. I saw this. Um, oh, man. It's so, they're averaging like 45 points a game or something weird. Yeah. Um, um... I, I want to say Ramon Harris, but it's not him. It's a guy who's played oh, in Oh, God, I forgot recently. about that guy. It's a guy who's played in the league recently. Who is it?
1: Uh, Jared Salinger.
0: Yes, Salinger. Yeah.
1: And yeah, and uh, yeah, uh leangelo Balls leading the Chinese League in steals. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> uh, that was good.
1: Uh, one fire over here.
0: <laughs> I wish I could put in a uh, a, a drum roll. Uh, uh, yeah, we need that. So before we get off of this and go on to the next, uh, before we huh. get this ball, before we Are you before we roll the bottom hill, what are you gonna say <laughs> before before we get this ball off uh i wanna i wanna just read you some quotes here from chi- Chinese officials so is it in chinese no it's translated no, I'm or they not. They spoke, in, or they spoke english no spoke English oh man this hopefully people are still listening china foreign Ministry spokeswoman, Hua Chunying, speaking at a regular (laughs) news Wednesday, said, I I love this. This is so good. I don't have details of this affair, but what I can tell you is that China has circulated a notice to the United States according to the relevant regulation of the China-U.S. Consular Treaty. China handles the affair according to law and will guarantee the legitimate rights of the parties involved according to law. So, Wang Fu, a criminal defense lawyer based in Beijing, <laughs> said although there is no law banning the players from leaving China while released on bail, they were unlikely to be allowed to leave the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, good for them. I mean, yes. Lavar's raising some real good kids over there. Are uh, you surprised? I'm proud of him? Um, no, absolutely not. Yeah, not, they not one bit.
1: Look at how their dad acts and then they turn around and act like retards. I mean, they're not fucking talking about white privilege. Let's go, guys.
0: <laughs> so, our next discussion topic in the College Corner this week is our old friend Richard Pitino. Rick Pitino. So, Richard. This <laughs> Richard. Uh, this pa- this past week a re- report on a new federal indictment came out against Adidas executive Jim Gatto, or Gatto, whatever, I don't know how you say his name still, <laughs> which suggested that former Louisville coach was aware of the scheme to pay Cardinal recruit Brian Bowen, and I almost said, Bruce, God, you're rubbing off on me, even particip- <laughs> and, and that Rick Pitino even participated in the plan. So allegedly within this federal indictment, um, it was stated that Dawkins explained that Patino and the University of Louisville were recruiting Bowen. Dawkins asked Rick Patino to call James Gatto to request that Adidas provide the money requested by the family of Bowen, which Rick Patino agreed to do. Um, Dawkins also within the indictment uh, said that he had spoken with Coach 2, who's been reported to be a Patino, about getting additional money for Bowen's family and informed Patino that quote, I need you to call Jim Gatto, who's the head of everything at Adidas' basketball program. So um, <laughs> uh, Patino's camp naturally has come out and denied all of this and, and maintained that Rick didn't know anything about this, uh, so on and so forth. And along this, I want to piggyback off of this, that Dick Vitale and Gino Oriema as well have both come out recently and said that Rick Pitino deserves another chance. And Mm. Gino Gino went as far as to say that if he had a spot, he would hire Rick on his staff.
1: He does have a spot. He can just fucking fire one of those people. Nobody knows who (laughs) they are.
0: No, nobody ever will. What's he talking
1: about? Good God. Dick Vitale sounds like one of those, like, you know, like when old people get to the point where they can't understand what's happening in the world and it's, you know, basically they want to remember the way it was. That's what he sounds like. He just can't believe that Rick would do that. It's like, you're smart, that. You're just in denial.
0: I agree. I think him and Rick are friends to an extent, and he just can't believe that Rick knows anything about that or would do that. And Rick probably is lying to Dick Vitale just like he is everyone else. And, yeah. you know, Dick believes it because he doesn't, he doesn't want to believe it so or exactly. he doesn't want to believe that he did that. So I Rick's mean, just trying to get of, his
1: forty million.
0: Exactly. The truth of it is is that there's too much smoke. When there's that much smoke, there has been or is a fire. And there there's just no way that Rick didn't know about this. Like we talked about weeks ago, you know, <clears throat> you and I both know from our experience that the head coach of a program, especially a men's basketball program, knows what the hell is going on within his program, especially (laughs) on recruiting visits because they lay out and they approve the schedule for recruit visits, what they do, where they go, who they go with, you know, what they eat, everything. So there's no way that Rick didn't know about this stuff. It's just – it's not feasible. It's, you know, the all shucks and – that, that stuff doesn't work. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, Jim Boeheim's
1: the same way, though. Jim Boeheim like the same way. He didn't know his assistant was, like, being Jerry Sandusky 2.0. It's like, you knew he was doing something. It's like, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're around people that much, you, there are signs. You learn stuff about them you don't even mean to learn just because of the way they act or something they say offhand. It's, he, <laughs> could, he couldn't have never known that, like like, like, go back to the strippers. You can't tell me Rick not once was just hanging out and then somebody was like, you know, yeah, I got Sarah a good fellatio was really blown. Last night. Yeah, like that never happened. Like, they would, you know, yeah. I mean, fuck, been... dude, he. Go ahead. God, he he fucked a random chick at Porcini's. You don't think he's letting his players' blow it, get blown by a stripper? Like, he fucking knows what's happening.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, these guys. You're a coach of a program. You spend more time with your coaching staff and your players than you do your family. I mean, come on, man. So yeah. Just, you're not fooling anybody. Just it's going to be when that when you know Rick keeps alluding to well when the truth comes out as it always does people will see and, yeah well when the truth does come out I hope people really do see <laughs> but uh, you know Rick's Rick's part of the mob he's tied in somehow so he will probably have people quieted one way or the other before yeah. any of that happens so
1: put Mark Emery in a box
0: <laughs> that's right He'd pop his eye out of his head. We're going to wrap this episode up with our games of the week. I'll get us started here. And and just to clarify, now that we're moving on from players of the week for now, that uh, now that the NBA and the college season have officially begun, um, we're going to choose a game of the week uh, can be either college or NBA. And some weeks we may do both an NBA and a college game. Um, But since we're kind of jumping back into it, we're just going to pick one or the other this week. Um, This week, I chose a college game. Uh, this is probably a pretty obvious choice, but I, I think the game of the week this week is between the Duke Blue Devils and Michigan State Spartans. Uh, number one versus number two on Tuesday night in the Champions Classic. And I actually think that the national champion this year will be one of those two teams. And Interesting. I, I do. And I think the reason why I'm very intrigued by this game and I think it will be the best game this week is – um, you know it's going to be uh, there's going to be a ton of talent on the floor. Uh, Duke is obviously stacked um, mm-hmm. from Mark, you know Marvin Bagley, Marcus Bolden, uh, Grayson Allen. They're they're loaded, but I think that Tom Izzo has maybe the most talent that he has ever had since he's been at Michigan State. Um, I think he's got the National Player of the Year and Miles Bridges on his team. He's got guys like Josh Langford back. Um, he's got freshmen, He's got a good freshman class in, including Jaron Jackson. Um, he, they've got Tum Tum. I, I think. What is it, Tum <laughs> Tum? Tum Tum. You don't remember Tum Tum? I remember um, DeWaney DeWaney. <laughs> yeah, he's got Tum Tum, and I, I actually think that Michigan State is going to win this game. Why? And I think that. They are going to. Uh, I think Miles Bridges is going to go off, and I think they're going to get enough from Josh Langford and Tum Tum and Jaron Jackson um, to beat Duke. So I feel I feel good about it, and I think that we're going to find out the reason why this game intrigues me so much is we're going to find out if if this if Michigan State is for real, because I do think this is the most talent Izzo's ever had. And if, if they're going to be a legitimate number two and a legitimate national title contender, they've got to win a game like this. They've got to beat a team like Duke, who um, is another legitimate national title contender. And I think that, uh, I think the game's going to be in the eighties. And I think that it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be exciting. And I think there's just going to be so much talent on the floor that, um it's it's gonna be one of the best games of the week and I think it's gonna be can't miss and I like Michigan State to win eighty nine to eighty
1: four. I uh Googled Tumtum while you were talking. He's the guy from um uh, national um sorry. Night at the museum that chews gum, he's that big rock guy from Easter Island.
0: <laughs> Different Tumtum.
1: Um, that's interesting. I still don't know what he is or what he does. I love Marvin, ba- Marvin Bagley, dude. You do? He's he's fun to watch. He, he's just... I mean, he's still in his alpha male high school mode, but it's kind of like when you watch Kentucky play, they don't have anybody that... You know, the, all these guys like we've talked about before, they're the alpha male in high school, they come into college and they go around and play as a team. When you watch when you watch Duke play, and Bagley's just like, whatever, give me the rock, I'm going to do my thing. Kind of like how Malik Monk was last year in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um like, when you watch Kentucky play now, um, they don't have a guy like that. He, you know, they're all kind of, like, wide-eyed and looking, and nobody really pushes the issue. Um, and then on the flip side of that, though, Michigan State has miles bridges, and you can say last year he probably did that when he shouldn't have been doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, like you said, he's probably the best player in the country this year. Um, he, he's definitely the best sophomore in the country this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting how that will play out. But, yeah, that will be an awesome game. Um my game, I went uh, NBA. Uh, so that's what I do. Nice. So um, my game is um, it's Saturday night. It is the Golden State Warriors versus the Sixers. Um, hmm. And the reason I, they've already played once this year, so it's the East West matchup. So this is the last time they'll play each other unless they meet in the finals, <laughs> which isn't happening. Um, and the Warriors won the first game 135 114. And the reason that, you know, i love watching ben simmons play in the warriors are just fun to play except for draymond because he's a fucking faggot but anyway um (laughs) that's why i picked this game it's they're both top 10 offenses um last game that they played the only real difference um was the shooting from golden state um they had they were golden state was plus one in rebounds and steals Um, um they blocked philly um almost 10 more times but um Gosh, they and they and they shot sixty percent from the field. So Jeez. it's just fun to it's just fun to watch a team like that play. And I know Philly's six and six. And by the time we get to next week, who knows where they'll be? Um, but you know, they got Simmons and Embiid going against uh, Curry, Durant, and Green. You're gonna get some awesome trash talking. You're gonna get some awesome plays. Um, there's gonna be a couple moments where you're gonna get you know Durant doing his thing and running on the court. I don't know. I just like the whole idea of. To two teams, one that's established, one team that thinks that they're going to be there one day, and they're going to come in and play play their ass off and score 300 points between them.
0: Yes. That's, uh, I was about to say, it's going to be some fireworks for sure. Those guys will be running up and down the whole night. Uh, I'd be interested to see what each team is in pace. I would venture to say they're both top five, maybe top eight in pace in the league. So, um, Yeah. That's really interesting. That uh, do you know if that is that on national TV Saturday night?
1: No, it's on. It's not. It's um, whatever the local channels are. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah. Uh, before you go, I wanted to tell you what my game of last week. Okay. It was um, fantasy basketball matchup between uh, my team and your team where I beat you six to three.
0: I didn't even look at it by the way with the final count. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I hate you that you beat me. <laughs>
1: I beat, you, I beat you with one more steal and two more blocks and that's um, so dumb. three more three-pointers. That's how I beat you today. <laughs> that's
0: so ridiculous.
1: ridiculous. I love it. We have big digital hearts. You know, we spend a so lot that, of time that in that the gym. Was, that, th-
0: you, that's this week. Is you, this, uh, this, that ends tonight.
1: That ends tonight. I think it's already oh, over, Chief.
0: That's ridiculous. I quit. I'm pulling myself out of the league.
1: Can't help it, man. Bringing the pain. I'm
0: I'm pulling Adidas, swinging Richard out of the league. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make my own league.
1: You should, you should just <laughs> deny everything that happens.
0: <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. Well, uh, I think that's a that's a good good wrap up for our comeback Rav, here for episode ten. Uh, why don't you give them our social media info and we'll wrap it up and get out of here.
1: Follow us on the Twitter at Sideline to Sideline. That is the number two. Um, if you're our next follower, you'll be like number five, so we'll probably send you like a tweet or something to let you know you're number five. Uh, be a big prize involved. Um, if you want to download us on iTunes or Google Play, that would be much appreciated. That'll keep us rock and rolling here on Sideline to Sideline.
0: Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 11.